Hello and welcome back to Book Hopping with Penelope Cox. My name is Penelope and today we are going to be continuing on the Bridgerton series of this podcast. So I'm not going to lie, I have filmed this twice and it has gotten deleted twice. So this is the third time around. It should be a well-oiled machine and we should be able to kill this episode. But yeah, today's episode is going to be The Duke and I, which is Daphne's story. I know last time I mentioned that I was going to be doing Colin's story, but I went to the Barnes and Noble and I'm looking for it because of course I haven't read that one yet and um, I could not find it. And then I looked and I realized that I had not done the first book of this series as well as the first season of the show that's been out on Netflix for two years now. So I decided to do it and boy, oh boy, it, I was really, I don't know how to explain it. I'm very neutral on this book and I think that is because of the influence the show has had on me because I watched that one first. In case you are not aware, the Bridgerton series revolves around the series. I can't speak. No, this is the third time. I have to do it right. The Bridgerton books revolves around the family of the Bridgertons. And Lady Bridgerton has eight children. I call them the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H children because they all go alphabetically. But the books, of course, do not follow that order because women got married at a younger age than the men. So it's kind of all mixed up. But today we're going to be doing Daphne. She is the eldest girl in the family and she is described on the fan wiki. I should mention that the fan wiki does only look at the series, I believe. I don't think that they read the books because if I've read like when I was reading Hyacinth's book, who's the youngest girl, she is not on the fan wiki at all really and that's because she didn't have a major role at all in the first season because she was so young. So this is their version of Daphne from the show. And they describe her as picture-perfect debutante, the diamond of the first water. I truly do not believe that Daphne would be characterized as that after reading the book. All throughout the book, Daphne is just described as fitting society standard of beauty. She's not ugly by any means. She's a very pretty girl. However, she doesn't get many men, if that makes sense. She's not desirable. They all think she's nice. Oh, she's a nice girl. She's pretty. But like we don't like we're not tripping over ourselves to go over to get on her dance card. You know what I mean? So I would not say she was the diamond of the first water in the book. Additionally, a a first different like one little difference that I just want to make from the book to the series is that the queen is nowhere in the book. So in the show, the queen has I mean a pretty big role you know she gives her opinion of Daphne of all the debutantes and that kind of sets the way for how everyone perceives them because of her initial response to them um the reason that I don't believe the queen is a part of the book is because I they used the queen in the series to connect the presence of black people in it you know they changed it up and I really liked it it did not bother me whatsoever that there were black actors in roles where in that time in history there would have been no black people as a duke you know what I mean or the queen um that didn't bother me at all so they used the queen as she was she married um she was black and she married a white king and so that kind of like set the stage for the acceptance of black people as equal to white people and so yeah I really liked that in the show it wasn't in the book um but yeah so her the queen's character is characterization of Daphne 
set the way for the entire series. Whereas since she wasn't a part of the book, that wasn't really a factor at all. Other than that, um, the similarity, you know, just to describe Daphne, she is ready for marriage. She wants to have kids. She'd like to have a big family just like her mom did. And that's, you know, her path. She's not like her, some of her other sisters are very independent and are like, I don't want to get married. I don't care if I'm a, what is it, a spinster. Um, but she's not like that. She accepts it. She wants it. She really wants to jump in. And she shows that genuine excitement towards marriage. And I think that's a big part of her character. And that's not a bad thing whatsoever. People can like that and that be okay, you know? Simon is our leading male character in this book, and I would say his description in the show and the book is pretty much the exact same besides the physical um, characteristics. Um, he knows her brother, Antony. They went to school together. They've been friends for a very long time, um, so that gives that little connection there. And he's a big rake. That is well known. And it is also well known by her older brother, Antony, that he will not get married. He doesn't want to have kids. He doesn't want to get married. That is that on that. And that is the overarching internal conflict that Simon has throughout the duration of the book and the series. So that is set very early on. And that I feel like everyone is on the same page with that part of the story. I would say there was more change in Daphne's character from the book to the movie versus Simon. So I've been watching a lot of deep dives on YouTube recently of movies and TV shows, probably because I deleted TikTok off my phone and I don't know what to do with my time. Um, so one of them I watched was on Bridgerton and he was commenting on it and he said he just felt like there was no motives for anything. There was no growth for Daphne because there was never something really wrong. And you know, after reading the book, it kind of made me think more about the series and what went wrong and I think honestly the biggest thing that went wrong was the first time that Simon met Daphne. So in the book there's a character Burbrook he is also in the show he fancies Daphne and she just is not she is not there for it um but she's very polite and somehow in the book he lures her into the library or a separate room outside of the ballroom and he makes advances on her and Simon happened to be walking by and he hears her say no and he goes in to intervene and walks into Daphne punching Burbrook. And it sets the stage very clear. One, she can take care of herself. She's not playing the damsel in distress card. She's like, I grew up with brothers. I know how to handle this, which is just good because I felt like a critique of Daphne in the series was that she just wanted to get married. Like she didn't have any you know, like, not dignity, but she didn't, like, there was no, I don't know how to verbalize it. I hope you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, in the book, it's clear straight off the bat that she is just, she is independent. Like, yes, she wants to be married, but she is still her own person. Also, they are not meeting in a public place. This means you can kind of get to know a person better than if you're being introduced by two mothers. Um, I don't know how anyone really got to know each other until they were married, and it was very unfortunate back then. But yeah, so they met in a private place, and then later on in the first chapter, they meet publicly, but they already have that established kind of relationship and that banter, and I think that leads better into why they had a fake courtship. In the series, they first meet publicly. Right, right in the ballroom 
and she bumps into him and then he's like how dare you not know who I am so he's very you know comes off as like not that he doesn't in the book but he comes off very like high and mighty and then Antony's like oh this is my mate from college and they get to know each other there but it doesn't make sense as to why they would care about each other you know what I mean besides off of the basic you know if they're attracted to each other um but then going on in the book Daphne is like listen men don't want me I need them to want me because I want to get married and Simon is like "Ugh, I have so much attention coming at me right now because I'm so hot and I'm a duke but I don't want to get married so they decide to fake this courtship because in order to appear more desirable Simon says she needs to be seen with another man because nothing is more desirable than a woman who's already taken. So they fake that and then that in turn gets the attention off of him because he's quote unquote taken. So no one's trying to really introduce him to their daughters because he's already with someone. Also, uh, this is, I'm getting confused because I can't remember if I keep saying series or book in the wrong or the wrong or right place. But in the series, I just feel like it is incredibly, it just makes no sense. Like, Daphne in the in the series doesn't need to seem more desirable because apparently she's the diamond of the first water. The queen gave her approval. You would think that that would get her all the intention in the world. Also, the Russian, was he Russian? I think he was Russian. The Russian prince was there and he was giving his attention towards Daphne. I guess that was after they started courting whatever I don't it doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense and I don't get the point of you know doing it like that in a series because I feel like when people watch historical dramas like that and you know people aren't supposed to be in private unless you're you've been married or engaged that's what people want to (laughs) see they want to see what happens in those private rooms we all know what happens in the ballroom it's all very fake it's just hello like nothing meaningful happens in those moments i mean think to like pride and prejudice you know you have the moments in the ballroom which sly comments are made but there's no deep interaction or connection necessarily happening it's in moments where there's less people in the room that they can say more and get a better feel for someone so it just I'm just confused it, I don't understand why they did it it doesn't make sense to me I guess I have, I have no idea and I was reading the book and I kept putting it down because I was just so frustrated I was like why <laughs> it just kept pissing me off to read the book and then remember that they did not do the show like this whatsoever the reason I'm like harping on the beginning so much is because I feel like after we get past that the book and the show are very very similar I think they did a good job capturing the rest of it. Obviously, there are little details or scenarios that didn't happen in the series, and that's simply due to time constraints. Also, they did not, like, little details. For example, Antony, who is Daphne's eldest brother, um, his book comes right after hers. So he is in the second season of the show. Like, it's about him and his his wife, Kate. Um... So I think they tried to give him more of a real supporting role, um, almost very close to Daphne, in order to set up for the season that is to come with him. Um, But like Benedict and Colin, while they were present and they did do little things, I feel like Antony definitely stole the show. He also had a little affair going with Sienna, 
and that is not in the book as well but again I think they're doing that to one establish his character as a rake and you know as someone that isn't on the marriage market and making it very clear about what kind of person he is just so in the second season airs they have less explaining to do so little things like that didn't bother me at all because I get what they're trying to do Um, They're trying to ease it in because when you're watching something, it's easier if you've already seen that person a lot, you know a little bit about them, it's way easier for the main characters to shift into the second season. But as far as the rest of the book goes, I think they did a really good job, especially Daphne and Simon's married life. I feel while I was reading, it was extremely similar to the book, and I could totally see where they pulled out the important parts and highlighted them, um, especially the pregnancy issue. Um, I did not know I remember when I watched it in the show for the first time I was like no way this was in the book like they definitely put this in to be more Hollywood and I just found it horrible like it was horrible and I was just so confused but I can confirm it is in the book so they were just going off of what they had um but yeah so I think now we should turn into reviews we'll do some reviews about the book itself and then maybe some reviews about the series and then wrap it up with some final thoughts i know i didn't say too much about the book but i really felt like if you've seen the show that's why you're listening to this (laughs) so you know like the key details that happen um but i did want to share in case you haven't read the book the beginning because i just felt like that's where the entire show went wrong i feel like if they really followed the book just i mean just the first meeting itself the whole whole show would have had more meaning and it would have been deeper and easier for the watchers or viewers to understand and follow but yeah so let's go ahead and move into some reviews so all of the reviews on goodreads are basically bad reviews i'll read some of the some of one that's i guess kind of positive um someone said that half of her friends loved the duke and i and the other half apparently hated it and she said that Julia Quinn is known for her over-aggressive heroines who come across as petulant and bitchy and misunderstandings that are especially stupid and tends to draw them out for extra dramatic tension in the last act. And this review is so long. <laughs> um, but I think the most important part she talks about is at the end where Daphne gets herself pregnant um, and that she, yeah, and it was and it was different and it was horrible and I agree with that and I really think the book could have done without it I think there could have been more discussions just something else I feel like it was very unneeded and added a different level of it just made it it made me feel very uncomfortable and made me feel horrible for Simon and I just don't know how you can be redeemed like that I don't know how he could have forgiven her um there is no she was just witty she was naive like she just didn't really know what she was doing like she knew what she was doing at that point and it was wrong um and so i agree and a lot of these reviews do talk about that and i 100 percent agree i don't think it should have been in the book it was not needed whatsoever and yeah so the next review is actually very interesting um towards the end they go but around 200 pages in or so began to lose some of its appeal daphne is bossy no problem there i'm bossy totally works for me but she becomes more arrogant than bossy at one point and this is right around the part where daphne's brother catches simon with his mouth yeah so i do very much agree and i think this goes i think i've said it in most of my podcast episodes but whenever i read the bridgerton books i speed through the first half of the book the first third of the book and once i get to the part either when they're getting married or it's 
I just feel like everything drops off. And they're like, okay, well, let's wrap it up. They lived happily ever after. And the only book that I didn't feel like that in was Francesca's. Because, you know, Francesca was married at the beginning. And then, you know, that whole changes. Um, and I felt like that one had way more depth than any of these. Um, not that not that these don't have depth. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like once they got married and after their first year of marriage it was like okay well they figured everything out and they're happily ever after and everyone loves them and their family loves them and it's like why like why are they all like that i just felt like it gets boring so i do agree with this review actually another review is really saying the same thing that they listed the things they liked and what they didn't like and a lot of the things on the liked list were at the beginning of the book and it really switches (laughs) halfway in and everything just goes like to bad and so yeah i think that is i'm glad to see this is like a common consensus i believe i've said that before that as much as i do like the books i feel like there is a big difference and now for my absolute favorite review and there's something about a bad review you know there are bad reviews where they're one-liners and they just tear everything to pieces and you can appreciate that for what it is but there's another thing when you have a bad review but they go so in depth on why it's bad and then how to correct it (laughs) and so this one review her her username is xx sarah xx i think or no nevessa i'm not sure nevessa i believe i mean this review is three pages long and it is absolutely so thorough i've never read anything you know it starts off with my name is sarah and i'm survivor yes i am because i've done it i have read all 384 pages of this historical romance masterpiece and i am still allowed to talk about it somebody give me a medal and it goes so and you know a lot of the things i've already said you know except you know with more bias um or their opinion i should say um they think daphne is a pathetic idiot diamond is one of the flattest most ridiculous idiotic characters i think you got to take it for what it is you know what you're reading this is a very common younger person series and you got to take it for what it is and i think there are actually a lot of good things in this book um daphne's actions 100 should not be forgiven i don't know how that was even made it past the publisher's room i don't think that should have been in a book um but as far as the other books go you got to think about it like that um but she is so thorough and you know if you can back things up back your opinions with facts up and improvements and memes i appreciate it So, yeah, her review was good. So, let's go on to the series now. Wow. So, I just went on Rotten Tomatoes, and Bridgerton has an 87% tomato meter review and a 72% on audience score. That is really, really high. What? Okay, let's look. Ooh, this is interesting. Debbie Anchor said that anything vaguely notable is constantly repeated. Now that I think about it... That is a very interesting point to think about. I could talk about that for a very long time, so I'm not. But that I just wanted to point that out. And I just remembered that this came out during the pandemic. So, like, one review says, Bridgerton gives us everything we are craving right now. Extravagant parties, elaborate outfits, salacious gossip, and human touch. And that is a very good point as well. Because I watched this, of course, during the pandemic. And it was really, I mean, it was before vaccines, I believe, and you know, we were all very scared, and then now I'm turning towards the books, because, you know, there's, I'm out of things to watch, honestly, and I liked it, and that is very interesting, so I wonder if that's what made it such a big hit, like, I wonder if the world was normal, this would have been, you know, done as well, I mean, it's Shondaland, I'm sure it would have, but 
another interesting point. And the last review I'm going to read from Rotten Tomatoes is by Sebastian Zavala Khan. And he says, it's like cotton candy, sweet and tasty, but empty and not very nutritious. However, I'll be looking forward to the already announced second season. And this is very true, but again, let's think of what we're watching. We are, re- we are reading and watching romantic comedies. When you think about romantic comedies, you know, I think there are many lessons and interesting, um, you know, concepts that are in them that are not always realistic. Um, but you take it for what it is and you enjoy it for what it is. It's supposed to take you away from your reality and bring you into a different world. And I think Bridgerton did that especially well while things were cringy in the in the series. You know, the music and stuff like that. The bad guy instrumental and I think Wildest Dreams instrumental was on there, which caught me so off guard. And those were like, it's a little cringy. But it was very entertaining. And I would say the books are entertaining as well. I think they bring... I think the best thing going for the books is that each one is a different trope and a different, you know, it's different dynamics. I think if we read eight books about Daphne and Simon, these would not be where they are. Clearly. I mean, they are not my favorite. But, yeah, I think think it was successful and I'm glad they're going to keep doing it. I'm just really concerned because my favorite book is Francesca's. Her book is not... it's gonna be like eight years before that comes out so I'm upset but (laughs) I think I'm gonna start to wrap things up I feel like this episode had a lot of potential considering that this is the one book with the series to go along with it but again it's really not my favorite book um I I like it I liked the beginning of the book a lot I will say that I won't give it you know it was good and I really liked it way better than the series I think it grabbed you a lot better it made everything make sense um however once I got to you know the halfway I'm actually gonna be really honest with you guys I hope nothing happened in the last let's see where I stopped I did stop at page let's see page 349 out of I think it's what 384 so I didn't finish it (laughs) and I couldn't and I really, really couldn't. It just was getting to the point where it's like, all right, I've seen this show. I don't, nothing happened, right? I don't think anything happened. I just could not keep reading. And it was taking me so long to get through. And I wanted to get this episode out and try to keep on a track, you know. Um, but the beginning was very good. Um, and if you've seen the show, that's why you're listening, like I said before. So you know what happens. Um, but I think the more interesting thing is what people say. I feel like it is so controversial like either people like it or they really don't and there's a lot of different elements to discuss one being race that is a very big discussion i'm i'm not going to touch on it too much because i don't have the time i could do a whole episode on it talk about race and bridgerton but maybe i'll do that after season two comes out and see what they if they still do that as much and see how they play along with that i think that's a very interesting and important discussion to be had um along with the music we can talk about those things too i can do a special episode maybe that'll be my final one of this series because i am now starting to really want to read other things and talk about other things than bridgerton but i'm gonna stay strong i need to go pick up who do i have left i think i have colin and gregory left if i'm feeling you know extra cool maybe i'll do violets i believe violet has a book and i was originally gonna do they have these two offshoot series which are like Daphne's pants and I read those actually I really liked them 
but maybe I'll do those sporadically because I am trying to do other books on here. I've been reading other things and I'd like to do those. So yeah, I'm going to wrap everything up now. Um, if you have any recommendations for books, please, please reach out to me on my Instagram, which is book hopping with Penelope Cox. Um, I think that it, that is my only social media right now. And I believe that is it. So yeah, we'll see what book comes next. Whatever Barnes & Noble has, honestly, and I hope they have it. If not, I will have to Amazon Prime it or order it on Audible. So yeah, hope you have a great night. I am going to go get McDonald's. I've been craving a Coke and fries. So we are going to go do that. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Bye.